Can the Chicago Sky keep their winning streak alive when they face the Minnesota Lynx tonight going down at 7 p.m. Chicago time? We're going to talk about that, what the Sky need to do to come out with the victory in this game. We're also going to talk about Ruthie being suspended for a game after that altercation against the Dallas Wings. We're going to get to all that, plus the Liz Cambage interview with Taylor Rooks, plus more news from around the W right after this. Welcome to Chicago Sky Central, and here's your host, Hayes. What's going on, Sky fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Sky Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Sky related. I'm the host here, Hayes, but you can follow the channel at Chicago Sky Pod on every social media platform we happen to be on. With that being said, let's go ahead and get into the content for today. The Sky face off against the Minnesota Lynx today, and this is a game where the Lynx, I'm sorry, the Sky can move from being the eighth seed right now to the seventh seed. The Minnesota Lynx currently are only a half a game above the Chicago Sky in the standings overall for the WNBA. So this is a game where the Chicago Sky can gain a nice uh, uh, advantage in the standings against both them and the and the Sparks, which the Sky have a two-and-a-half game lead right now over the Sparks as well for the eighth seed. The Sky, who've won three games in a row, in those games they've scored over 100 points in each of those last three games, and the Sky have to come in and they have to play with that, with that focus, right? They have to execute well on the offensive side of the ball. That is what we've been talking about. When you look at the Chicago Sky right now, they're averaging 81 points per game on the season. Now, that is good enough to be around sixth in the in the WNBA, and so that they're in the top half of the league, whereas the Minnesota Lynx are averaging 79 points per game um, in that they are sit right now at uh, the ninth spot in the WNBA as far as points per game output. The Sky, the Sky also shoot and make more threes than the Minnesota Lynx, and shoot the three at a better field goal percentage overall. The Chicago Sky are also averaging right now 39, I'm sorry, 43% from the field right now. So again, those are all solid numbers, and that's what the Sky are going to have to do tonight against the Minnesota Lynx. They're going to have to come in, execute well on the offensive side of the ball, rebound the ball well, because that is one of the statistical areas that the Lynx are averaging almost two rebounds more per game than the Chicago Sky. Now, we've seen the Sky be able to st still win games even with being out-rebounded, but you do not want to be out-rebounded by the Minnesota Lynx if you can avoid it. You want that. You want to limit the turnovers as well. The Chicago Sky on the season averaging 13 turnovers per game. Uh, the Minnesota Lynx averaging 13.3. Uh, so you want, you know, this is going to be a game where whoever can win that turnover battle and turn those uh, into easy points on the other side of the ball are going to win, is going to probably win this game. The, 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 Sky cannot overlook the Minnesota Lynx, which I doubt they're going to be. This is a team that's 13 and 15 on the season that uh, that has been, you know, they're right now lately and have been better than the Chicago Sky. Now they've gone three and two over their last five. They're currently on a two-game losing streak, so they're trying to right the ship as well, whereas the Sky are trying to keep their winning streak alive. You do not, you do not, not, not want to overlook this. Keep in mind, we started off the Lynx, uh, our, our season against the Lynx, and we gave them their first loss of the season, which they started off the season 0-6. I think that's uh, easy to forget sometimes that the Lynx started off the season 0-6. They've come along a little bit better. Again, like I said, sit at the seventh seed right now. The Sky have to be locked in for this game. That's it. They have to be locked in. We need to see that defensive effort. We cannot see them allow the refs to get them out their game uh, like we did before. We're already going to be missing Ruthie in this game, which we'll talk about here in a second with her, you know, getting a one-game suspension. 
But this guy got to come in here and they have to execute. We have to play the way that we've been playing, right? Kalia Copper averaging 19.2 points per game on the season. Marina Mabry not too far behind her with 15.2. We're going to need one of, if not both, these ladies to really be on point tonight, right? Limit those turnovers, both averaging over two turnovers per game. Limit those turnovers as much as possible. But Elizabeth Williams is going to be extremely important in a game like this. How Elizabeth Williams portraying her and, and Elena Smith, right, with the blocking game, they both are, uh, you know, they they alter shots. They make teams alter their shots. They keep teams from getting to the rim. But also that rebounding battle. We are going to have to rebound the ball extremely well, right? And Nefessa, you cannot let her come in and cook you. She's averaging 21-8 and eight basically on the season, right? She's leading the Minnesota Lynx in points per game, rebounds, steals, and blocks at 1.1. The only statistical category she is not leading the Lynx in is assists. You have to keep Nefessa uh, out of this game as much as possible. You have to get in her head. You're going to have to defend her well. And if you do, if she, if she does go off on you, you're going to have to stop literally everything else around her because Kayla McBride is no slouch either. Even though she's averaging 13 points per game on the season, do not make no mistakes that she can fill it up. Her and Diamond Miller can get going if you don't limit them as well. The Sky are going to have to come in here, play their brand of defense, a Chicago-style brand of defense, and really try to win this game. They're at home. We're 12-15 and 15 on the season. We're trying to right the ship. Um, so we'll see. We got 13 games left on this season. That's crazy to say. We, are, we have 13 games left on this WNBA season. We cannot overlook it at all. We cannot overlook it. And so, you know, the Sky got to come in. They're going to have to perform well in each and every game they play. But with that being said, you guys know I don't do win and loss predictions. I just go over what I would like to see the team do, what some of the obstacles are, and the Sky got plenty of them against the Minnesota Lynx today. Now, one of the biggest obstacles, one of the obstacles added to this is we're going to be down Ruthie Herbert in this game. She's not going to play this game. The uh, league announced that she's got a one-game suspension without pay um, because of the altercation against the Dallas Wings uh, when she left the bench um, during that Dana Evans and Odyssey Sims, um, you know, them getting into it. So. Listen, it is what it is. She was ejected from the game. Um, Odyssey Sims, I think, also got a um, a fine in that game. But uh, no, uh, sorry, Ogun Wally got a uh, got. A, she avoided suspension, but she did get a fine. Um, but Ruthie Hibbert getting that run game suspension. We're gonna have to try to see how we can do, um, and we'll see. We'll end up seeing what happens. Um, you don't want to overlook that at all. But you know, it is it is what it is. The Chicago Sky have been down uh, a, a player every game this season. When you look at us missing Elizabeth. I'm sorry, uh, Isabel Harrison this whole entire season and then eventually uh, missing uh, Beck as well. So the Sky are going to have to come. We're going to have to get production off the bench as well. If Morgan Birch, Robin Parks, Dana Evans, whatever they bring off the bench uh, with their usual intensity is going to be needed, and we'll see how the Chicago Sky come out. I'm excited about this game. It's a later game, but we will have a post game up, so make sure you guys are tuned in for that. But that's it uh, as far as that with the Chicago Sky. Now let's go around the W, right? So Taylor Rooks, had an interview with Liz Cambage, and this is you're going to get a lot of like headlines and things from this. I'm going to touch on some of it. Um, to, for me, it was one of Taylor Rooks' Rooks' weakest interviews because I feel like Liz Cambage was giving little details on stuff, even saying how she was uh, eventually from from the Sparks promised a G wagon, promised to have her medical bills covered, promised you know other things, endorsements, all which are against the CBA. And Taylor Rooks kind of let that go by, right? But this was an interview. It was a one-sided interview. Of course, you got Liz Cambage saying her her side of things. And 
you know, saying that she basically feels victimized, right? You know, she talked about the Nigeria thing and how that was kind of overblown and she never said that racial slur and then even talked about, uh, you know, they were waiting for her to leave the Australian team so she can go and represent Nigeria. So, you know, that was a thing that we hadn't heard up until that point. She talked about how her teammates um, in Las Vegas and other players, places kind of picked on her, kicking her packages, how she's been made to blame about a lot of things. And like I said, it's a one-sided interview, so of course you're going to get things from her perspective. Not to say whether her perspective is the, is the, is right or wrong. That's not for me to say. I wasn't there. But this was a interview which I feel like Liz Cambage let in a little bit of kind of the, the corruption and kind of the things that happens behind the scenes in the WNBA. But Taylor Rooks really didn't dive into that. It was a very surface-level interview and felt like an interview that was maybe meant and geared towards Liz Cambage kind of, you know, getting a lot of things off her chest. She talked about how she made $900,000 in her six seasons so far in the WNBA, which is weird when you think about she was drafted at 19. She's only played six seasons. She's about to turn 31. So, you know, that that's a weird thing there, but how she's only made $900,000. But that's what she makes in one season being able to play over in China. And she's kind of waiting and hoping that China is going to open up their borders again so she can actually go play over there. And she talked when, when Taylor Rooks asked her why is she not playing in the WNBA, she strictly said the money, right? She looked at the money of it and the fact that everything that she has to deal with with getting ready and the travel and her being 6'9 and having to travel commercial and being in an aisle seat and, you know, how she doesn't feel like she should have she should have to upgrade her seats, that that's something that, you know, the WNBA should cover. And, you know, those are things that we're hearing over the course of the season overall. So those things didn't shock me too much. But, you know, overall, I think this was a solid interview. And Liz let out some things and some details that we didn't know. Um, I just don't feel like, like, again, not to say that Taylor Rook should have aggressively like pressed her in a negative way but like try to get a little bit more details on that out like once I heard that she was promised a g-wagon and things like that like as an interviewer I would have went all the way into that to uncover and get her feelings on how does that usually happen in the WNBA and things like that but you know it is what it is uh for that she did deny the monkey things that she said she would have never called anybody a monkey um and so you know she denied those reports and, you know, that's what you expected her to do, right? And like I said, the, the interview from Liz Campage, it wasn't bad. It's 90 minutes, so it is a lengthy interview at that. But there were a lot of more details to come out about things that, you know, have kind of been said about Liz Campage that she hasn't really kind of commented on. And, you know, she's even talked about how, you know, she is kind of made to be the villain in a lot of situations. And, you know, here's what I'll say. The truth is usually somewhere in the middle. Of course, I do think that Liz Cambage is going to have her view. And everybody's the villain or the hero of somebody else's story, you know, respectively, depending on how the things go. But I do think that, you know, Liz seems like she's a player that has a chip on her shoulder, that she always feels like she has to prove something. And, you know, her even saying like, oh, I don't do anything back. I don't feel like it. That's childish. Like, we've seen you out on the court, right? So, you know, that a little bit, we've seen that you can be petty at times. Not, And again, that's not to say that everything that's happened or that she's been involved in any altercations are all her, her fault. But I do think that, you know, a, a better inter like interview would have kind of gotten more out of that. But again, it was a one-sided interview. It was always going to be that. So it kind of is what it is there. But all right, let's go around the WNBA, kind of, kind, of, kind of come off that. We have gotten probably more questions about officiating in the WNBA than I've ever seen. Now, if you guys are also NBA fans, you know, this past NBA season, there were a lot of questionable officiating days against teams, a lot of questionable calls where, you know, it seems like sometimes the refs want to be the story. Not to say that it's become that bad in the WNBA, but when you look at, like, the punishments that were handed out um, against the game between the Sparks and the Mystics and then against the the Sky and the Wings, like, it's happening, right? And you get more questions, uh, players like 
uh, Elena Deladon and Natasha Cloud and stuff, you know, voicing their frustration over the officiating in the WNBA this season. And while the WNBA has handed down fines to about nine players because of questioning and other things that have happened, at some point the WNBA also has to look at their officiating crew and ask, why is this happening? And it's happening in the NBA as well. So it's a thing that's happening. So, you know, I think that Jewel Lloyd came out and said this, protect the players. It's not just us. Every single team has said something about the refs. That tells you that something is going wrong in that department. You expect high-level players. We expect high-level refs. We're not getting that every single night. And I feel it, right? For those that watch more than just one team in the WNBA, you see it. You feel it. Like, there is something going on with the officiating. And I'm saying that, am I saying it's corruption or something like that? No, that's not what I'm trying to get it to the level of. But there is questionable things happening every night with officiating that the WNBA needs to look to fix, especially if you're trying to grow the game. That's my opinion on that. Now, before we go, we're going to talk about some milestones hit before we leave. Uh, Courtney Vandersloot has now moved in to being only behind Sue Bird with the most assists in NBA history. And Slooty, a Chicago sports legend, in my opinion, even though she's not on the sky anymore, she's over there fighting with the Liberty. Um, I, I, you know, it, it just goes to show the career that she's had. Courtney Vandersloot is one of the best point guards in WNBA history, and I'm going to stand on that. Yeah, she doesn't always have the huge scoring output, but she's been a shooter. The way that she's been able to distribute the ball, her defense at times as well. Courtney Vandersloot, to me, I've always said it, she's a Chicago legend, and I'm glad that she now moves only behind Sue Bird. And I don't think she's going to be able to pass Sue Bird, but hey, second is great as well, too, especially when you look at the career that Sue Bird had. Now, also, Kirk Miller became the fifth fastest head coach to win 150 career wins in the WNBA this past Sunday. Shout out to him and what he's been able to do with the Sparks as well. Um, but yeah, that's it. Just wanted to mention those milestones as well before we head out. But that's it. We'll be back tonight for the postgame show. So make sure you guys are locked in. Hit that subscribe and notification bell as well. Make sure you're following the show at Chicago Sky Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, chicagoskycentral at gmail.com. And then lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Sky related. And we'll see you guys the next time we go to Skytown. Peace, y'all. This has been a presentation of the Break Break.